Hi, I'm Chelsea Neumeyer and I'm a time management and productivity coach. My goal is to help you go from overwhelmed to under control without a strict schedule or a bunch of productivity hacks. Each week, we'll talk about productivity mindset, actionable advice, my favorite resources, and you'll hear from guests just like you who are maximizing their limited resources. If you're anything like me, you're listening to this on the go, so check out the show notes and follow me on Instagram to learn more. Okay, let's start the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I am so excited to be welcoming Amanda Gracio. She is a brand strategist and designer that partners with serial entrepreneurs, strivers, freedom seekers, and multi-passionate empire builders to craft branding that feels right, works hard, and looks awesome. She brings holistic, structured approach to branding that helps you put your next level of business to the best one yet. And thank you so much for being here, Amanda. I love your bio and all the strivers, freedom seekers, and multi-passionate empire builders. Isn't that? Thank you. That is That just gets me going. So thank you so much for being here today. <laughs> thank you for having me. I would love to jump in a little bit more to your story as a brand strategist and a little bit more about you and what inspired you to start your business. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I am an accidental entrepreneur. So I didn't actually ever plan to own my own business. That wasn't like something I was like, yes, I'm going to do this. This is my dream. Um, I kind of fell into it. I moved to Austin from Ohio uh, right after I graduated college. And I took on some freelancing jobs on the side just to have some income, you know, while I was in the job search market thing. And some of those ended up working out so well. I was like, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> zero plan, zero business background or training, um, zero savings cushion. So definitely don't recommend that route necessarily. But that got me into freelancing and I loved the freedom of it, the flexibility, like getting to decide, you know, who I work with, what kind of projects I work on, set my own rates, set my own schedule was a big mm-hmm. one. And so I just kind of ran with it. And, you know, after so many years, I decided, you know, to put it on my my adult pants <laughs> and actually <laughs> formalize it as a business. And that's how my current business, Studio Garacio, was born. And at the same time, I, you know, formalized that. I took myself through my own branding process and really figured out, like, what exactly do I want this to be? What am I doing? Yeah, branding is what I've been specializing in ever since. Oh, I love that. I always love asking that question because I always feel like people have such great stories and and how they got to where they are, right? Like the whole <laughs> transition is just so yeah. cool. So it's a lot of fun. That's great. Yeah. So you're, uh, you're all about branding. And mm-hmm. I always want to make sure that we know what we're talking about. We're all on the same page. So when you say branding, what does that mean for a business? Branding is really answering the question to people, why should they choose you? for whatever product, service, whatever you're offering. So um, this manifests itself through pretty much everything you do for your business. You know, your core beliefs about it, how your visuals look, what kind of vocabulary and, and verbal communication you're using, the experience you provide. And like all of that combines to form your reputation. And kind of all of that is under the brand hood. So all of those are part of your brand. So if you start with the core brand, you can really kind of shape the other elements to make sure you're communicating what you want to communicate as far as why people should choose you. Yeah. I mean, I think you just answered my next question a little bit, but <laughs> okay. because it's really about like, I, again, I see this often with entrepreneurs and I was totally guilty of this myself. I'm like, I like this color. So this is now my color. And <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I, you know, bought some silly $99 e-course on branding. 
And it was asking me all these questions, like, how do you want people to feel? And I'm like, I don't have time for this. I need to grow a business. And so I just skipped uh, all of it. Yeah. So, so okay, like I said, you answered the question a little bit already, but why is this so important to, for people to actually dedicate the time to answering these types of yeah. questions? And we'll, and we'll talk a little bit more about what those questions are too, but just why is this so important? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, on one side of it, it there's kind of two factors to this. So one is you have a brand for your business, whether you're actively shaping it or not. So it's a matter of, is that brand actually saying what you want it to say? Or are you giving a completely wrong impression to potential customers and clients? So that that's the number one reason. Like you one. have one, whether yes. you're paying attention to it or not. Uh, and the second half is, I, I love that you brought up the question about like, how do you want to make people feel? Because what, what there, what there's that famous quote out there, like people will remember what you said, they won't remember what you did, but they absolutely will remember how you made them feel. And brands are the same way. So knowing how you want to make people feel and knowing what that tr- emotional transformation is that you want to provide to people through using your product or service, that can be so key on guiding like everything you do as far as your visuals, your verbals, like all of that. So. it's yeah it's just it can only help you if you pay attention to it (laughs) I completely agree I I redid my branding a couple months ago and actually did all the extra you know like someone Mm -hmm. made me do it which is why I always recommend working with a brand strategist um and it was really important also it just makes my life easier like now I know what colors to use. I don't have to like yes, yes, dig yes. around and decide, does this look good? I don't I know what fonts to use because I'm very intimidated by fonts randomly. And so like I just I just for that sake alone, it's also just makes your life a lot easier. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are kind of in the same boat you were too, where they're like, I don't have time for this. I have a business to get off the ground and running. So they don't take the time to think about being strategic or think about like all these kind of brand strategy questions. But when you do, when you have that clear core brand, and then you have some brand guidelines that are made from it that you know are communicating those things that you want it to, whether that's your colors, your fonts, your brand tone, like messaging snippets, whatever, gosh, it makes your life so much easier. Like it's so like, you know, people get decision fatigue and overwhelmed and just like having a clear, aligned, strategic set of brand guidelines. Oh my gosh. It's just like, I don't have to think about this. It just, I just pick those colors. I just pick those fonts. I know this is the kind of style of photography I want. Like I've already got templates made for this. I'll just, you know, you can just, it streamlines so much and it focuses your efforts because you can immediately discard so many other options. Like you don't have to entertain a hundred different choices for fonts, you know, every time you make something. It's yeah. just, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, it's a game changer. Absolutely a game yeah. changer. So in addition to understanding how you want your brand to make someone feel, which again, I feel like mm-hmm. is, that's a tough exercise. Like, I don't know, like it's, they'll work <laughs> with me and they'll figure it out, right? Like, I don't know. So in addition to that question, what other prompts do you give clients to start thinking about how to put their brand together? Oh gosh, it, that, there's a lot. So when <laughs> I do the strategy side of things, we have... It's basically a really in-depth worksheet. It has probably, I don't know, 30, 40 questions, something like that. So there's a lot. But a big one is like, where do you want this business to go? Like, what is your vision for it? Why why are you even running this business? You know, like, what, what is the story behind it? Because people connect with story. And, you know, how, what do you want to be known for? 
you know, what is the quality or the vibe or values you want to be known for? Who is your person that you want to work with? Like, it's not everybody. That is not a market you can market to because you'll be so vanilla. Nobody will pay attention. So like, who is that person you want to work with? And yeah, what is unique about your offering? Like getting to the core of it, like, why should they choose you? Like, what is different about you and your background, about your process, about your particular product? There's something because, you know, you're a unique individual and this is your business that you're building into whatever you want it to be. So Mm -hmm. yeah, there's, Yeah. there's something to highlight there. That can be a really hard one to pull out. And then the other one tied to the feelings of like how you want people to feel you got to put yourself in their shoes and say like, where are they at in their journey that they are looking for somebody like you? Like, what are they currently feeling? Are they frustrated? Are they too busy? Are they overwhelmed? Like what? And like, how do you solve that? How do you get them to the more positive emotion on the other side of whatever they're struggling with? So that's a really big key to it too. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. Again, it it's really thoughtful questions that you know, I'm a little embarrassed that it took me a branding person to like force me to actually write these out because they are such fundamental pieces of your business. And it's not to say that it can't change, right? Oh, like, no, you, absolutely. Yeah. Do you work with people who are, because I think that's a, probably another fear, right? Is like, I'm committing to this forever and ever. What if I hate it? <laughs> and so do you, do you ever work with people who are rebranding? And Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it's funny you use bring that up because I've had people say to me like, I don't, oh gosh, I don't want to have like brand guidelines because I don't want to be boxed in. I'm like, oh, you don't understand. Like it actually sets you free. Like creativity thrives with some parameters. So like having some set guidelines actually makes you more creative. But um, yeah, I actually recommend people check in with their brand like every two years or so to see like, have things changed? Have you pivoted? Have you changed your offers or your your audience? Like, have you you know switched to a different market or niche? Um, have you grown? Um, all of these things can affect your brand, so it's good to like kind of check in and audit things every once in a while just to make sure it's still you know aligned with where you're going now because that that can change, like you said. And yes, I work with people on rebrands all the time because a lot of the time. People are like you or they throw a thing, you know, that this is my favorite color. I'll pick some fonts. This will serve for the first couple of years while I get up and running, Mm -hmm. which is fine. Like that's completely normal. And then like when they reach a certain level or they realize, oh, I should maybe get more serious about this. And then I step in and I help them do that strategic rebrand. Yeah. yeah. Because I think you, you want that you want that cohesion as you're, you know, yes. I think about like the Instagram scroll, right? Like it's kind of the classic mm-hmm. example, but then there should also match your website. And I think I've seen, you know, people that I follow who've done rebrands and they make it really fun, right? Like it's, it beca- it's like a big thing. And so. Yeah. You can totally do like a launch of it and like a mm-hmm. countdown and like make it fun. Or you can do like a stealth one and just be like, hey, here's the new brand. Like it, it's up to you. You can do it either way. It's fine. I love that because again, I, f- I just want to give people permission to <laughs> to not feel like this is one locking you in forever and no. ever, or no. that you don't have necessarily have the time and space because you think it needs to be this huge. It doesn't launch. need to be a huge production. Um, yeah, you could release it quietly, you know, one step at a time as you get things in place. It's fine. Like. If you want to go like all at once, like big reveal day, like great, do that. Um, but you don't have to. And yeah, brands absolutely evolve. Like my own business, Studio Gracia, it'll turn 
eight this this fall and I'm on my third <laughs> logo for it. Like even my brand as a professional brand designer, my business has changed over the course of eight years. So like, yeah, it's going to evolve. Love it. I love it. So if someone was getting, if they're just getting started, if they're like, mm-hmm. okay, I can't, can't quite afford the full package yet. Yeah. And, but I can, I can answer some of the questions that you're sharing. Mm-hmm. What's the, what are some things that they should be thinking about or considering as they start maybe putting the colors together, putting the fonts together, just to make it a little bit easier for themselves. Yeah. So that goes back to that feelings question, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Especially with colors, because colors all have like moods or emotions associated with them. So when you know what kind of emotion you want to inspire in your target audience, that'll help you choose colors. So for example, if Oh gosh, this is, I'm trying to like something. There's all this like color psychology <laughs> and stuff that could go into it. Um, but like, you know, a certain shade of blue can mean, you know, trust or professionalism or something, or like a brighter shade could mean like sky, nature, water, relaxation. So there, you, you just got to think about the associations of the color. Look at, look at like photos and see like what colors are in it, like a photo that makes you feel how you want people to feel about your business. And then maybe like, kind of analyze the colors of that as a starting point or, um, you know, pick a core idea, a core emotion that you want to convey. And then like, go Google some color psychology, which color represents this emotion. And then kind of go from there to find the the right shade that, that works for that. And then, then you can kind of build out a palette from there, but like, that's a good place to start. Yeah. I, I think of a great example of, I'm not going to call it the business, but her, what her group was trying to do was um, the, the word calm was in it. Let's just say, right. It was mm-hmm. like about being more calm and mm-hmm. her colors were um, like neons, like very bright. Oh, yeah. And and that was, you know, that was the feedback of like, you know, that's, that's kind of opposite, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's a great example. Cause that's not giving a calm feeling. That's giving a neon is like energetic and mm-hmm. like vibrant and like in your face kind of. So that's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Of calm. <laughs> and it looked great. I mean, her like the, the way she had it designed, like it looked fabulous, but it just didn't resonate with the title of the program. It wasn't it was. a fit for what she was trying to do. And yeah. And that is where I think having an outside opinion or a brand designer can really help because you can make something that looks fabulous, but if you don't have that strategy part behind it, it's still going to miss the mark with who you're trying to reach. Yeah. And that's, and that's why exactly I thought it was so valuable because I don't know the color psychology, right. And then I just get overwhelmed with it. And, and like I said, really with fonts, I'm like, I don't, like, I don't know why I can't figure that out, but I'm like, just pick fonts that look nice together. I don't, like and well, so yeah, fonts have their own thing too because colors have like moods and emotions associated with them. Fonts have like personalities associated yes. with them, so they give like a vibe like that. So yeah, there's all that to consider too. So it's I love it. Like I could nerd out about that stuff all day, which is why you know, I'm a brand designer. But yeah, some well, people are just like I don't know. <laughs> well, actually, that just makes me think of a question though because I know you you're, you have a background. You've been doing this for a long time, but where does our experience come from? Is this something that you study or is it just from experience of seeing a lot of different brands and things that you're observing? It's, it's both. So my degree is actually in graphic design. So I have like the technical background in it, but a lot of it is just 
yeah, not just like seeing a bunch of things over the years, but like realizing why they chose that particular thing, like real kind of analyzing what effect that is having on the viewer. So like, or even like the history behind typography too. Like there's a reason serif fonts are considered like more traditional or formal. And it goes way back to like printing press times and like, you know, the history of how type actually happened. So it's really cool. So there's a lot that goes into it, but uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a combination of education and experience for sure. And I learned that serif fonts have the feet. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the sans serif without feet are without just feet. like the straight edges. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But see, why would I know that? I'm a, you know what I mean? Like without talking to an expert. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think that that's really important. And that's something that the users can take or the listeners can take away too. of pay attention to how the the brands and the logos that you're coloring and the fonts that you're working with, how you react to them, right? And just starting to pay attention, I think, can make a really big difference in how you move your own work and your own branding. Yeah, Yeah, just being intentional with it instead of just, you know, your favorite color or... (laughs) You fly by the seat of your pants thing. Yeah, just be intentional. Put a little more thought and purpose behind it. And that would help. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And so I and I know that you know branding is is a really big it's a bit, right? You mentioned at the beginning, like it's a lot, it's the colors, it's the font, but it's also some of the the language around mm-hmm. what people are using. So when you work with clients, do you not necessarily create the copy, but do you give them those kind of keywords that they should be using or portraying and, and how they present themselves? Sort of. So the brand strategy part, which is always first for design or anything, includes things like brand qualities. They want to be known for brand personality they want to give off. So those can be used as guiding ideas for the copy as well. So like, for example, if you know somebody, a client says to me, well, you know, I want my brand to feel friendly and relatable and open, you know, that's going to affect the type of of writing. They're not going to be super formal in their writing. They're not going to write, you know, in the Royal we third person, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or not third person, but you know what I mean? But um, so that, that, that kind of guides some of that as well. I do do not get into the weeds with the copy because that's not my area. That's a copywriter's job, but um, I at least, set the strategy up and then they can take that and apply it to the copy. So it's like that filter again, like I was talking earlier, it helps focus your efforts. Yeah. And then, and then from that perspective, it's really just about building your team, right? Like I just think like as an entrepreneur, like bringing someone on that could help with that Mm -hmm. was supporting my team in so many ways. Um, Because now again, I I have all those pieces together. It's it's done. It's ready to roll. And I can go back to her at any time to say, Hey, I think we need to tweak this or Let's get those, those updated templates or graphics and stuff. And I, it's, yeah. that's really, really handy to do. I love that you brought up team too, because that was something I didn't mention earlier. But when you do have clear brand guidelines, it makes it so much easier for your team because yes. you get a sense of like, here you go. Here's the guiding document. Just make sure what you do is in alignment with this and you're off to the races. Like, oh, so much easier. <laughs> I love it. All right. And then the what other piece is the like the logo piece, mm-hmm. right? You mentioned that your logo has evolved um mm-hmm. over the years. And this is something I still struggle with a little bit because my my business name is just my name. It's mm-hmm. not anything fancy or particularly creative, I feel like. So 
how do you approach logo design? Might be a big question, but yeah. Okay. Well, like I said, we do that strategy step first. And so once I have all of well, basically, it's a big brain dump, right? Before mm-hmm. I like put it together in a nice, neat yeah. brain guidelines document. So I go through that brain dump of ideas and words and everything. And I kind of look for where ideas or words are repeated, because that usually means that's an important, like a key part of that brand. And I literally at the top of my artboard and illustrator, just make a list of like the keywords. <laughs> And then I start thinking about, you know, I take into consideration what the name of the business is, the industry they're in. Um, I look at some of their competitors just to see what what is already out there and what I need to mm-hmm. not be too similar to. And then I just start playing, honestly. Like I start playing with shapes and symbols. I start playing with fonts. I sketch. Like um, it kind of just evolves from there. Sometimes, you know, as soon as we're done with the brand strategy, I'm like, oh, I have like the perfect idea for how to like bring this to life. And sometimes it takes like, you know, 20 sketches or something, but <laughs> um, it always starts. I try to, I keep those ideas from the strategy, like front and center to always like bring myself back. Like, does this font treatment communicate those ideas? Does this mm-hmm. symbol communicate those ideas? So that's very cool. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I'm always a big fan of a brain dump because I do think that helps those it helps what's important stand out yes. because as you, as you write it out, that it's just naturally going to pop up and just all of the other kind of factors that need to play into that are so important. And I always remember when I was getting at stuff design and I was so grateful to do it with, because I could, I could tell them what I didn't like, but I struggled very much to tell them what I did like. And so I think, again, that's another great reason to work with someone because you could be like, oh, I don't, that's not clicking. And then they know what to do to, to change it up. So I think part of it too is um, I try to encourage my clients at least to get away from I like or I don't like language and more like this doesn't feel or this isn't mm. communicating this because we, again, tie it back to those key yes. ideas from the brand writers. They like, is this communicating what we said it wanted? We wanted it to communicate because um, I find that kind of helps take the the ego, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word. Yeah, out of it a little I bit, love that. Um, the personal preferences and do what's more strategic for your business. That's that's a really really nice approach because it and and it also can be, you know, so if a person isn't naturally inclined to that, it can be hard. So I think that's yeah. a much better way to frame that response. And and I try to set us both up for success too. Cause when I present the logo concepts, you know, I do a little loom video walking them through and say, okay, this is why I did this symbol. This is why I did this font room. This is why we did this color palette. It pulls out these ideas from your brand. So like I, I give them my rationale so they can kind of weigh it that way too, which I've had people tell me is very helpful. So Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause again, it helps them if they're not an expert in it, think about how, like, again, think about the communication component of it, right? What is that yes. storytelling? So I love that. That's great. I, I love to, in this podcast, I always change gears a little bit and talk about okay. personal productivity. Okay. And so one thing I always like to, to learn about again, as we think about everybody does things a little bit different. And so how would we find success in that? Well, could you walk us through a normal, and I always put normal in like air quotes, right? Like day or week as an entrepreneur. Oh, okay. Well, um, to start with, I am also a mom. So (laughs) my mornings are wrangling my preschooler. (laughs) (laughs) Like she usually bursts into my room about 7.15 in the morning because that's when her okay to wake clock turns green and she knows she can come get me. 
And so wrangle her, do breakfast, get dressed, all that stuff. Um, she is usually to daycare by like 8.20. And so then when I get home from that, I kind of start my day. Depending on, <laughs> depending on her mood that morning, I might need an hour to recover <laughs> or I could jump right in that day. So it is definitely up in the air. But um, nice. So we have that flexibility as entrepreneurs. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like sometimes, I read a quote somewhere. It's like sometimes, you know, be nice to the working parents in in your life because you don't know what battles they've already fought by like 9 a.m. Right? <laughs> like, yes. But yeah, so then I, I usually write my to-do list for the next day, the night before. So mm-hmm. basically once I'm like, you know, my coffee is drunk, my, my toddler is off to, to daycare, I kind of sit down on my computer and I, I check my email, make sure there's nothing like urgent. And then I kind of just go into my to-do list. And that can be anything from like, prepping for a podcast interview or doing, you know, client work on logos or stuff or, oh gosh, sending proposals. Um, there's also, you know, all the business stuff. Right. And so most the chunk of my day from probably like nine to four is spent doing that with a break for lunch. And some days are more call heavy than others. And then usually about four, I could go off, relax a little bit. And then I start getting ready for dinner and return of the child and husband <laughs> to do dinner time and all that stuff. So that that's my typical day. Love it. Do you do anything to get yourself into like a creative mindset? Cause you, some of your work is much more creative than like my, like the work I do isn't particularly creative. So. Yeah. I, I have found over the years, if I try to force myself to be creative, it doesn't usually go well. So if I'm not, feeling it, I usually switch tasks to something else, some like mm-hmm. admin stuff or something kind of a little more mindless. And that at least gets me like kind of in a productive mode. And I find like if I do that for a while and then go back to the creative stuff, it's fine. Like we're good. It just kind of resets, I guess. So that that's kind of my trick for that. Like do something else for a little while and it'll jumpstart you. <laughs> Love it. How do you manage like deadlines and the workflow with your clients because they have deliverables for you and you have deliverables for them. And I'm sure there's like a back and forth. So how do you, but what's the cadence of that for you and how do you keep your clients accountable? Yeah. So when somebody signs on with me, you know, part of the proposal process is a timeline. So, you know, it'll say like, I, you know, we have our kickoff call brand strategy exploration you know, we'll book it right after the proposal is signed. So that is the official like start date of everything. From there, after that happens, you know, I usually say like seven to 10 days for the first logo suite concepts. And then kind of from there, the timeline is a little more fluid because, you know, you got to account for like revisions and stuff Mm -hmm. if if needed. I, I like to try to communicate like what they can expect. Like I never want them to be wondering when they can expect something from me or when I need something from them. Like upfront, I'll tell them like, okay, once we finish, you know, the logo phase and we move on to this phase, I'll need X from you. Or like once we start the website phase, I'm going to need the copy before we, we do that, you know, mm-hmm. or I'll need you to give me access to your hosting or whatever by then and all that. So like, yeah. I, I just try to communicate all that upfront before we even get into the weeds of the project. That's great. Do you use any like a Trello or Asana or ClickUp. I use Asana. Yeah. That's what I use. Yeah. I I, Asana is my favorite digital tool, even though I don't, I mean, like I want to use it. I just don't because I'm much more paper pen person, but it is a good one. It is a good one to use. Yeah. I, 
I know I've like, I've dabbled in like Notion and ClickUp and uh, Trello and like a lot of those. Asana is my favorite so far, I think. I just like how it's set up and I like that it, you know, you can assign tasks to people so you can like ping your client, like, I need this from you. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. All right, I have a couple rapid fire questions okay. for you. Are you a morning person or a night person? Uh, left to my own devices, I am a night owl. <laughs> Because I'm a mom, I am forced to be a morning person. This is a problem in my current existence, but um, I'm adjusting to it. Yeah, my daughter is definitely a morning person, so I am having to be a morning person for the current future. I love that you have that clock, though. I've heard, I've heard oh about my those, those clocks. They're so amazing. Like, because she would literally like come in at like five thirty in the morning to like get me up. I'm like, no. No. So like it turns, you know, yellow at uh, like, I think it's seven. And so she can know she can like play quietly by herself in her room. Mm-hmm. And then it turns green at seven fifteen, And that's when she can come out and get me. She doesn't always come right away. Sometimes it's more like seven thirty, when I'm like, yes, but <laughs> that's when she's allowed to come. To us. That's awesome. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, are you a paper and pen person or all digital? I'm a weird hybrid. So I, I have like, you know, a paper planner and stuff, but I also live with my Google calendar. So like, I don't, I I think at this point I'm more digital just because then I can access it from Mm -hmm. my phone, my computer, whatever. But I do tend to remember stuff better if I write it down. So yeah. (laughs) I mean, most, I feel like most people's answers are some kind of hybrid, like they live and die by the digital calendar so that they don't get overbooked. Yeah. But especially if you're working on a bigger team or with clients like, and you need that prompt, like you have to be, you have to be in that hybrid situation. Yeah. So I just started working with someone to help me with my podcast and she's in Trello. And so that's how she keeps me accountable because I get like assigned Trello tasks and I have to go in and do it. But like, I could never in a million years manage my own Trello board. I would (laughs) set that up and forget about it 30 seconds later. And my to-do list is a half sheet of recycled paper every day. So my, okay. My to-do list is in my notes app. So I guess I am on the digital side of things more. Yeah. It's literally just a checklist on my notes app and I check things off as I do it. Awesome. You'd have some, some way to, you got to get that dopamine hit of crossing yes, it off. Exactly. Of checking it off <laughs> yep. And what is your favorite way to relax? I am a huge book nerd. So mm-hmm. like, if you just give me like a couple hours to curl up with a book and leave me alone, that's like my, <laughs> my happy space. <laughs> do you read do you like any particular genre? Are you reading anything um, fun? I'm a fiction junkie. I do. I do dip into nonfiction every once in a while, but I'm mostly a fiction junkie. Um, heavily into fantasy, sci-fi, and historical romance. So those, those are my, yeah. All right. <laughs> yes. I am slowly trying to convert all my friends to read Throne of Glass. Oh so, yeah. That's a good series. Yeah. Um, and again, the Court of Thrones and Roses, all yep, that. Yep, yep. All yep. of the Sarah Moss. So, ones, yeah. Sarah Moss. so um, mm-hmm. I'm working, I'm trying to like be cool about it because I found like if you're too excited, then it's like, a little bit of a turn yeah. off. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I'm like, oh, just mm-hmm. casually, it's no big deal. It's just it's great. You should check it out. And <laughs> they're getting they're getting on board. So it's <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, uh, I love those series. That was a good one. Um, have you read the her newer one, the Crescent City? Yeah, I just finished the, the second Crescent I'm City. In, I'm at partway in the second book right now. The so. second book is we're getting like way off topic, which is totally okay because everybody, my listeners, should all read these books. The second book was so much better than the first. Like the first one was good, but it was like slow going. It was kind of rough to get through. And then the second book, phew, I read that in like a week. It's like I was such a hangover. I'm having I'm having the opposite experience. I like flew through the first book, and I'm finding it really hard to stick to the second book. Interesting. <laughs> stick through it. Stick through it. I promise. Stick through it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because the third yeah. one comes out January. I think. I think that's when the next yeah, one comes know. out. It's great. It's great. I'm deep into like book talk and real oh i could we could do a whole separate uh, (laughs) episode about that like i i in another life if i wasn't a designer i would be like a book youtuber or bookstagrammer or bookstore (laughs) owner or something like for sure my girlfriend sent me it was literally a job you got paid to read you had to read three books a week and write reviews i could do that for uh, book of the (laughs) month club I think it was hiring. Yeah, you should see if it's still still open. But uh, we didn't. She didn't qualify because she just like never written a book review before. So she's like, I don't think they're gonna hire me. But in my in my pre mom days, I actually had a blog that did book reviews and stuff. So. Amanda, this might be <laughs> my second job. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. that's so fun. So yeah, I mean, I I reading is a great way to a little bit of escapism, a little bit of a way to just relax and, and enjoy. Yeah. Um, so I love that. And where can people find you to learn more about you, to work with you? Because again, I cannot stress enough how much I love working with someone who is an expert in this stuff. So I highly recommend if you haven't already done a brand strategy or branding to get that done. So where can people find you? Yeah. So my website is Studio Garacio and, uh, for anybody listening, that's G-U-E-R-A-S-S-I-O.com. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. That's where I spend most of my time. And I'm also on Instagram. Um, not as much, but I do poke around there once in a while. But Perfect. my website and LinkedIn are the best places. Awesome. And I'll put all of that in the show notes um, so people can make sure that they they connect with you. But I this is a lot of fun. I learned a ton and I really appreciate you chatting with me today. Yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on. And- Gosh, I mean, now I want to like, go curl up with a book for the rest of the day. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for enjoying another episode of From Overwhelmed to Under Control. I hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals. Don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on Instagram at Chelsea and Coaching. I look forward to talking to you soon.